Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. We were originally planning on doing a quick podcast after the last one since we had recorded later in the week last week, but we did think that there might not be too much to talk about. And then a whole bunch of Yankees got COVID and yeah, it's a fun start to the second half. Just like picturing whoever's writing the timeline for our podcast story, just that sitting in like a dark chair, turning around with a cat on his lap and doing an evil laugh, like, you thought you had nothing to talk about. (laughs) Well, now you have many things because Aaron Judge has COVID, Gio has COVID, Kyle Gashioka, Nestor Cortez, Wandy Peralta, and of course, Jonathan Lewisaga, who we knew about in our last podcast. And we might actually have him back by the time that this podcast goes up because it sounds like he's going to be able to join them sooner since he was on the COVID list sooner. But still, it was quite the start of a series to have, one, a game postponed entirely because of COVID cases and just how that was progressing throughout the day. And then, two, to see the Yankees at the field, like, six Scranton Rail Riders. (laughs) Yeah, the amount of, like, Rail Riders just on the team right now is kind of, it's exactly what everyone wanted, apparently. Call up this guy, call up this guy. Well, now they're here. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, yeah, we're here now. We got we got Greg Allen, got Ryan Lamar, got Trey Ambergy. Unfortunately, he died, I think. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think it was too serious. Uh, supposedly, I think he just had, like, hamstring cramping. Yeah, Ambergy just had the, the cramping. It looked like we were going to lose him for a, an injured list stance, much like uh, they just lost Tim Castro, who tore up his ACL on a pretty nice leaping catch. And then the Yankees had to quickly replace him, too, because, you know, that's just uh, the story of this weekend. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, uh, I feel like we should actually go through this this lineup that they had to run out for Sunday night baseball in a game that they won nine to one. So, okay. So it starts off DJ LeMahieu, John Carlos Stanton, Gary Sanchez, right? Standard. Okay, cool. Then Glaber Torres batting fourth, which in any other season would seem like, okay, yeah, I get it. But this season, 
not so much, even though he's been good in the past few games. Uh, then Chris Gittens and Trey Ambergy, and you're like, okay, now we're in trouble. <laughs> and then you end with uh, Rugnud Odor, Ryan Lamar, and Greg Allen. So quite the thing. Yeah. And it's funny, though, because Lindsay Adler, she she wrote about how, like, the Yankees looked different during this series than they had earlier this season against the Red Sox. And in that, she noted that DJ Giancarlo and Gary combined to go one for 13 with the walk. Glaber Torres went one for two with the walk. And then the back half of the lineup, which included Gittins, Gardner, Odor, Lamar, and Greg Allen, went six for 13 with two home runs, four walks, and two stolen bases. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Ryan Lamar is out here hitting short porch homers. Greg Allen is a 600 hitter, apparently. So that's fun. Hey, sample size be damned. Quickly name the top five Yankees according to WRC+. Uh, sample size be damned. Well, I guess Allen's got to be up there now. Yeah. Trying to think who else would be that high. Well, I mean, Aaron Judge is in there, I'm sure, and Giancarlo Stanton. Those are the less fun answers, I'm sure. Maybe You got, you got three of the five. Maybe Lamar's in there because he got that homer yesterday. Yeah, he got four. Yeah, excellent. And um, is Odor there at this point? No. Okay. I set my goal. Odor's at, I think Odor is at like 104 WRC+, plus, which is still higher than DJ LeMahieu. Yeah, that is staggering. Anyway, we'll, but we'll get to him. <laughs> <laughs> but who's the other guy? All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go from fifth to first. Okay. At fifth is John Carlos Stanton with the 124. Mm-hmm. Fourth is Ryan Lamar with the 128. Yeah, sure. Naturally. Third, third is Aaron Judge with the 147. Mm-hmm. Second is Estefan Florial with the 168. Oh, yeah, that's that right. And then first on the team, a.k.a. the best hitter on the team, Greg Allen with the 199. Yeah, now that makes sense because Florial doubled in his only game this year. But right. he did not get called up because I think, as some have pointed out, and I think it's a pretty worthwhile, he's only been an okay hitter at AAA. And also, if, if he's only okay at AAA, then he's really going to get exposed in the majors, most likely. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to lose trade value in just a couple weeks. So if you think there's any chance you may be able to flip him in a trade, yeah, might be best to stash him if you can. No, absolutely. It, it's still amusing to me. And apparently Greg Allen's a 600 hitter, so who needs him? Yeah, who, who wants him? Yeah, Ryan Lamar is hitting short porch homers. He's, he's a natural. He apparently managed to slam his knee into a wall and not crumple into bits. So that was nice. Yeah, so he's, a, he's already defying the odds. Of it. Well, I guess he, he did already get hurt once, though. So Yeah, in the, uh, in the Corey Kluber no-hitter. And when he got hurt again, I was like, is Jameson Tyone going to do something special? (laughs) (laughs) Is it it Tyone's time? This is the weirdest harbinger, but okay. (laughs) Uh, Not to do another terrible MCU Yankees meme, but Ryan Lamar getting injured would be like, like, Corey Kluber got a no-hitter. What did it cost Ryan Lamar? Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, why not? Yeah, Yeah, but I I was impressed that he actually managed to stay in the game because... That looks like a very similar injury to how LeCastro messed up his knee. So, you yeah, know. like on replay, it looked like exactly the same thing. So, like, it was just like, oh, crap, he, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. But, and, and then we had uh, Chris Gittens nearly bowling over a bunch of people in the outfield yeah, right how, after how, that. How, how nobody died or, like, it didn't register on this. The Richter scale is just unknown to me. Yeah, it's a shock, honestly, at this point. Because it's it's been rough. We haven't even talked about Luke Voigt yet, because he's back on the injured list. He's got a bone bruise in his knee, and his yeah, what very a, lost what a, season just continues. Yeah, what a terrible season! Like the dude cannot catch a break. Yeah, and he's never really gone on any sort of hot run. Any of the times he's been back, because he, I mean, 
he's only been there, I think, maybe like 15 to 20 games at most, and it's been just whatever. <laughs> yeah, he, he really hasn't had time to like kind of settle into a groove. And it's just like every time, when, like, you know, you come back from the all-star break, you're like, all right, like now he can really settle in. You know, he had the time off to kind of adjust himself. And then, oh, well, and now he's out indefinitely. Yeah, that was the salt in the wound after all the COVID news <laughs> the other day. It's like, oh, yeah, and Luke Voigt's going on the injury list. But not because of COVID, just because of normal, dumb baseball crap. <laughs> just to remind us, like, hey, besides COVID and, like, this global pandemic, other injuries will happen, too. Yeah, they were reporting, like, oh, Chris Gittins is at the field at Yankee Stadium. So it's like, okay, I guess, I guess make, maybe try to get another hitter in there to help salvage some of this. And it's like, Luke Voigt's injured. It's like, oh, well, that makes yeah. sense. And then on top of that, we also learned that uh, Darren O'Day has like this, that severe hamstring injury. He's going to be gone for the. Did we talk? I don't remember if that was before, like when we last podcasted or not, but this season's pretty much done, it seems like. I think we got more like a timeline update in the sense that it looks like his season's going to be done. Yeah. The last time we had podcasted, Boone did say that it looked pretty bad because he had like crumbled in some right. pregame practice earlier in the month and then like yeah he's gonna be out for a while and now they're just like yeah they're pretty much acting as if he'll be gone for the season which sounds about right and is another blow to the bullpen so swell yeah but we need we need all these covid people to come back though because those are some pretty important names on that list like obviously judge georgella nestor uh loisiga have been very very important Nestor uh, cracked, it, cracked into the top 12 in uh, baseball reference war. <laughs> yes, he was he was going to be in my uh, baseball reference top 12 fun facts list today. Which was <laughs> then that he got he, COVID. <laughs> he, he cracked into the top 12, sitting at 11, although his mustache is rudely unranked, was, oh, my, was my literally podcast note. <laughs> That's what's been powering his war, though. Very yes, high exactly. mustache above replacement. <laughs> exactly. While we're on the baseball reference, it's uh, I think you pointed this out in our Slack, too, but Corey Kluber is still on the list at seventh, which is not exactly great. And he's sitting ahead of DJ LeMahieu, Gary Sanchez, and Giancarlo State. Yeah, that's uh, that's something all right. But hey, I mean, Jamison Tyone, uh, you know, has put together a string of good starts. And he's actually on the list now, sitting at eighth. Yeah, look at him. He's sitting pretty. All it took, apparently, was him getting absolutely obliterated in Philadelphia. Yeah, honestly, though, because like since that game, he's really turned his season around. Yeah, and it's a time when the Yankees really need some sort of stability in that rotation, too, beyond Garrett Cole. So that's nice. Also, shout out to Garrett Cole for his complete game, quote unquote, the other day, which is a little bit less legitimate than his complete game in Houston. Hey, he's had back to back complete games against uh, two of the best teams in the American League. Mm -hmm. I will take it. And he did it with Gary catching. Yeah, 11, 11 strikeouts with Gary Sanchez catching. Take that in six innings. Gary good. Gary very good. Brantley. And Gary is... also hit a home run that game too. Gary good. Brantley boring. <laughs> no, no yeah, offense like, to uh, distinguished Rob Brantley supporters out there, but you know, maybe I, I would have been into so, a game. <laughs> I would have been so mad if Rob Brantley was catching Gary Cole just because of like Gary Cole and his preferences and all that crap. But hey, if he can have eleven strikeouts and allow one run to Boston with Gary catching, I think if the Yankees were to make the playoffs, Gary Sanchez should be catching Gary Cole. Hey, who said that? What? Not me. Yep. Well, well, maybe we'll see how long Higashioka is out with COVID, but it, it, feel, yeah. it all feels very indefinite for most of these guys, just because yeah, of the nature the thing, of it. Right. And like the thing with the COVID, the people on the COVID list, right? So we know, that, I think it was confirmed that the three pitchers on the list, Peralta, Cortez, and uh, Loisiga, were all vaccinated. We, we found out like five of the six players were vaccinated. We don't know who was the unvaccinated one, but I feel like we'll find out as like 
the people start coming off of the list because I think with what's the policy like if you're vaccinated then you just have to be on the list you have to be on for 10 days or or test negative twice whatever it is right yeah but test I think negative like saying, a few times in a row they have like a whole bunch of policies I think two about times, it yeah but I think they, they were saying that the whoever was the unvaccinated player which <laughs> if we're confirmed as the three pitchers so it's either one of Higashioka Urshela or Judge and it's not Urshela because he had the vaccine earlier in the season, missed a game with the reaction. Oh, to right, it. right, right, right. Yeah. So we're down to Higgy or Judge. God. But I don't want to speculate into who's actually, who actually has been vaccinated or not, but I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. But hopefully that person just feels better and gets back soon. Like not just for Yankees or baseball reasons, but. Yeah. And then actually gets vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll be, I think, 90 days from then that they'll be eligible. I think that's the thing, right? before you can get vaccinated so hopefully yeah, this is a lesson okay. well probably could have been avoided if he had just gotten vaccinated <laughs> <laughs> yeah like uh, again i don't want to speculate too much but i'm really hoping it's not aaron judge just for the sheer nature like you know he was walking hank aaron's widow like out in the all-star game and all that so it's yeah. just like i feel like it'd be a little irresponsible but hey we don't know if it was him or not him so yeah we'll just yep. leave it at that <laughs> and at least hank aaron's widow tested negative so yeah i was gonna say and at least she tested negative so that's all good <laughs> anyway yeah, yeah. But it's been a weird, been a weird several days for the Yankees, just in terms of everything that was going on with the COVID, with all the injuries, and then the the rain that made everything very weird on Saturday. But they managed to eke out a win anyway, and that was finally their first win of the season against the Red Sox. So I guess you take it how you can, and they were able to build off that and get another win on Sunday. So maybe that's the weird ass shit that the Yankees need to turn the season around. Yeah, I mean, overall, they've we talked during the All Star break, like when we recorded then, that like the Yankees have been playing better baseball of late for the most part. And I think now right. they're like they've taken seven of the last 10 because they won the series in Seattle, they won the series in uh Houston, and then well, this was supposed to be a four game set, but then they got COVID delayed, uh, COVID postponed out of Thursday's game, and then they lost the Friday, which like. I don't even blame them because at that point, like, no one even cared, like, cause just because, like, so much else was going on around the team, like, with the injuries between the COVID list and, like, Voight and all that. Yeah, that was entirely um, predictable, just how lifeless they were that night. So I give them credit yeah. for actually bouncing back and doing something the next couple of days. Yeah, and then, you know, taking taking two out of three, I'll take it, especially like we've talked about Garrett Cole pitching his complete game to Gary. And I'm just going to say thank God they called the game and, like, just basically said, yeah, we'll just call it here instead of, like, putting in a delay because even though there's no way to actually prove this the Yankees 100% would have lost uh <laughs> if they had come back <laughs> that's science that's science and then obviously uh Jameson Tyone and whoever the hell else was in the bottom half of the lineup going out and taking a 9-1 victory against the Sox yesterday that was fun with Glaber showing signs of life the last couple of days too yeah back-to-back games with a homer for Glaber which he had not done I looked it up since October 2019 yeah <laughs> the playoffs <laughs> I'll take it I'll take it yeah, you know, and even even Odor, as we talked about a little bit, he's he played pretty well in that in that series, and he lucked out a little bit because he probably could have gotten thrown out on the bases like an idiot on that throw to third, but it went wild, so he got bailed out, and he ended up scoring. Then he hit a big old home run later, so you know you take it. Yeah, and now he has a WRC plus that's greater than DJ Lemayhew's. I mean, not by much, but it's still a thing that exists in this world. That is a true statement. Yeah, and like I would like to see Hoy Park get to actually make a start, but at this point, I don't think we can really fairly say that he should start over Odor, just given the dearth of, you know, even reliable league average hitters in this lineup right now. I think you got to take Odor, and maybe you find a spot for Park at one of the other positions or even in the outfield. Yeah, but does Hoy Park have a $0 CBT hit? 
that's true. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun to see yeah. how the Yankees navigate all, all these uh, roster moves, too, because with the COVID yeah. injured list, they didn't have to add some of these guys to the 40-man roster. They were able to sort of just bring them up as like an emergency protocol. So some of them will just immediately revert back, but it's it'll be weird. <laughs> Yeah, I know they're able to temporarily add people to the active list, whether or not they're on the 40, 40 men, which is a good thing, I think, that they put into the rules for this year, especially with the nature of COVID and all that. You don't want to have to be like shit out of luck and if you're losing players or going through a thing like the Yankees currently are. I'll be curious to see if any of the people who are not on the 40 men like earns like a longer discussion like, because like, like, oh, crap, this guy's played really well and we could use that. But yeah. They go. Maybe, uh, maybe we need Greg Allen a sort of like reserve role. Who knows? <laughs> if they be worse than Brett Gardner. <laughs> yeah, he's looking old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've said for the 18th consecutive week. Oh my God, yeah, it's been a like many. It's been a rough season for Brett Gardner, but. <laughs> I think this whole season we've had one podcast where we're like, hey, Brett Gardner looked good this past week. And every other podcast has been, uh, yeah, so where is his retirement papers? Oh, look, yeah. he's old. Yeah, like, <laughs> Congrats on that one week, Gardner. Yeah, I don't know. It's all going to be very weird. I hope that they can keep playing well. It's, it is weird to think about like how they have won seven of the last ten because, I mean, the team that won those two previous series is very different than the very rail rider-infused bunch that we're seeing right now, but hey, you take the wins as they come considering how it's been this season. So maybe they can keep winning against the Phillies and put something more together because they don't have any time to lose. <laughs> hey, the Yankees minors, I think, have like the best record of all the teams in baseball. So, you know what? Maybe, they, maybe they've maybe got something going here with uh, just playing the Rail Riders. Yeah, they hey, that's a first place team, all right? They, they know winning. <laughs> <laughs> they have the, uh, the winning pedigree down. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, at this moment, we will take an ad break and we'll be right back. And we're back. So anything else you want to talk about with the Yankees or should we move on to our meet a baby bomber? No, I think we covered it all. Just okay. hopefully, like I said, everyone feels better. Yep, exactly. I hope it won't take too long, ideally, for some of these guys to get back because uh, even with the uh, the wins, the Yankees could use some uh, reinforcements beyond rolling the dice on Ryan Lamar continuing to hit dingers. <laughs> Yeah, they're 100% pressing their luck right now. It's great that they took two or three, but yeah, you can't rely on that too long. <laughs> yeah. All right. So who are we meeting for you this week? So for this week, we're going to meet Anthony Volpe. He's from uh, Morristown, New Jersey. He was drafted in whoop, whoop. the first round, 30th overall in the 2019 draft. He made his uh, pro debut that year for the Pulaski uh, Yankees, hitting 215, 349, 355, which is uh, – not really that inspiring, but he did that over 34 games, which was like shortened because he was also uh, battling mono at the time. So you don't really know if he was like, exactly 100% and what was going on there. And then 2020, obviously, you know, everything happened that year. So there was no real development for him. So coming into this year, I know there was a lot of eyes on him just to see, you know, what exactly he would do. And he started the season really strong. Um, he started in uh, low A Tampa where over 54 games, he hit 302, 455, 623. He had like 12 home runs and five triples, which earned him a promotion to IA Hudson Valley, where he's only been there six games, where, and he's hitting 280, 321, 400 for them right now. That'll play. Um, yeah, it, it, it's solid. Obviously, you know, it's just six games, so he's not fully there yet, but he's at least held his own and hasn't looked completely lost in the level above. So MLB Pipeline actually ranks him as the Yankees' 11th best prospect. And while he's not, at least not yet, on uh, MLB's uh, top 100 list, 
Baseball America has added him to their top 100 as part of their like midseason update. That's like due to, you know, graduations and so on and so forth. We still don't know exactly where he's going to be ranked on their list, but just the fact that he's hit really well, played really well and earned a spot on the top 100 for sure is definitely inspiring. What I was reading on like scouts and stuff, they think he has like the ability and the bat speed to turn into like a double digit home run threat if he like, you know, if and when he makes it to the majors. But his main thing that he's going to be focusing on or going to be good at is just getting on base. And, you know, once he's on base, he's a solid runner who will take advantage of every opportunity to steal a base or even take an extra base and uh, by stretching a, a single into a double or so on and so forth. So that's something that the Yankees could obviously use really right now. But, hey, you just got to be patient because he just turned 20 this year. So, you know, he's going to have time to fine tune his skills. And they do think he could stick at uh, shortstop, even though his arm is only graded as like average to solid. But he has a, quote, good internal clock and quick release, which is why people think that he'll actually stick at the position. Fun fact about Anthony Volpe, though, is that he was in school at the Del Barton School in Morristown with Jack Leiter, who was just drafted by the Texas Rangers. He and Leiter were both committed to Vanderbilt in 2019. But Volpe was drafted in the first round by the Yankees and got a $2.7 million signing bonus that was like, you know what, I don't need to go to college. And uh, Leiter obviously was also drafted by the Yankees in that same draft, but he was, uh, you know, drafted in 20th as a, hey, this isn't going to happen, but I guess we're bored. If you want. Really better to do. <laughs> we'll just stay. We drafted you. And then if you feel like not going to school, come here. And he was uh, obviously in the 20th round and obviously he went to Vanderbilt and then was just picked by the Rangers. But, second overall. Yeah. yeah. Good deal for him. Yeah, Second overall. <laughs> I mean, at the time they thought he could go first overall too. And then obviously the pirates went and selected random person. I can't remember his name now. Henry Davis, Henry Davis. Yeah. I was going to say Hunter Smith, Henry Davis Thoreau, as we all know him. I don't know if uh, Hunter Smith is a real person or not, but sounds probably. like the pirates ostensibly. There's probably a Hunter Smith on this planet. Yeah. Congrats on being drafted by the Pirates in my mind. Uh, There was, okay, here we go. There was a minor league player named Hunter Smith who played for the Red Sox until a couple years ago. So. Ah, so I hate him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, and not Hunter Smith. Volpe is a good pick. He and Oswald Peraza, I feel like, are the two prospects who have risen the most for the Yankees this year. They've put up great numbers in the low minors, and they've been moving up levels. And Volpe is a good example of not necessarily like needing to be super patient with draft picks because like it wasn't that long ago that he was selected. And as you mentioned, in 2019, he was battling mono anyway. So that kind of messed up some things too. But Volpe is still very young and could be a really essential part of the future infield for the Yankees. And the scouts really love him. Feels like he could be a difference maker. So it'll be Maybe a couple more years, but we'll see how he develops because the high minors are where he'll really be challenged, and that challenge might be coming very soon. Yeah, and the good thing is even if the Yankees, for whatever reason, don't believe in him too much, which there's no indication that that's the case. I think from everything I've seen, like the Yankees as an organization love him, but even if for whatever reason they don't believe in him, he's done enough to like raise his value considerably well. So like if they wanted to use him as a trade chip, they could even do that uh, for like you know this upcoming deadline. <laughs> exactly, yeah. All good and, news on the Volpe front. <laughs> yeah, and I, it's just funny that he's from Del Barton. I grew up uh, not far from Morristown, so I'm very familiar with uh, Del Barton. So it was funny when he was drafted initially. I'm like, oh, I see, Del Barton. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Fun fact, Peter oh. Dinklage also went to Del Barton. Oh, 
Fun Zero. fact, I am currently actively not too far from Morristown, but I will not disclose my location right now because Good. that's just weird. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next Pinster Valley podcast where Kunj doxes himself. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to write to Kunj, this is how you can contact him. You can't add where him. Can we find, where can we find Kunj today? Ah, oh, here's his mailing address. <laughs> Yeah, that Volpe is a good pick. So we will, in the words of uh, Chancellor Palpatine, we will watch your career with great promise or whatever it is. <laughs> there it is. Nailed it. <laughs> anyway, who are we meeting from your end? For me, I used my good old random name generator from my spreadsheet of Yankees minor leaguers, and I came up with Eric Wagaman, who is on the Tampa Tarpons right now. He's a product of Orange County, California. He hit in the middle of the lineup at Aliso Niguel High School and then slugged at the JUCO level with Orange Coast College. If that name is vaguely familiar to you, it's because that is where John Altabelli coached. One of the, he was very good friends with Kobe Bryant and, and had passed away in the helicopter crash. And Eric mm. Wagaman actually had a very nice note about him shortly after the accident just because it was so sudden. But Altabelli coached at Orange Coast College for years and had great relationships with all the, uh, all the baseball players that he worked with there. So, so it was just a very touching little note. But uh, back on the less, less tragic and sad side, uh, <laughs> Wagaman was a good slugging Juco prospect. He had 14 homers and slugged 636 as a sophomore. He was ranked the number 385 draft prospect per Baseball America in the 2017 draft. And the Yankees got him in the 13th round that year. 392nd overall so sort of like how you talked about the one guy last week had was drafted almost exactly where baseball america or wherever like ranked him yeah they kind of nailed it on this one well, too. right in between baseball america and uh, uh, yeah was, and he, dick fitz was uh right between uh baseball america and mlb's ranking <laughs> perfect good old dick fitz <laughs> anyway sorry to interrupt you i just needed i had an opportunity to say dick fitz so i had to take it hey anytime you can you gotta say dick fitz you gotta say dick fitz <laughs> Yeah, so Wagaman hit 264, 331, 392, the 97 WRC plus and 59 games with Pulaski in that first year. But at a position where the offense is the name of the game, he plays the first baseman. He hasn't shown a lot on offense. He spent 2018 to 19 floating from Staten Island to Charleston with middling numbers. He got a promotion to high A Hudson Valley at the start of 2021, but he may have shown the peak of his uh, ability. He only had a 76 WRC plus in 30 games before being demoted back to low A with uh, Tampa. His numbers aren't that much better, though. Kudos to him for he did earn Southeast League Player of the Week with a 571 showing on June 21st to June 27th. But even if he he can't turn it around and get to the big leagues, he is apparently said to have excellent makeup and knowledge of the game. So, hey, maybe he can be a future coach at some point or another. But Eric Wagman seems like a good dude. What up? Yeah, very exciting dude this week, I know. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I was not expecting to see the Kobe Bryant connection. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really random. But, yeah. Uh, nice little touching note on that, though, at least. Yeah. So, Eric Wagman, the end. Shall we move on to Yankee Meteor of the Week? He's... Yeah, let's do it. All right. Yankee and <laughs> Meteor of the Week. Who is your Woo! Yankee of the Week? My Yankee of the Week is going to be uh, Jameson Tyon. Last week, I ended up giving it to Garrett Cole, but I did consider giving it to Tyon because, you know, he had that outing against Houston where he went six innings, giving up just two runs. But then he followed that up with the five and a third innings of shutout baseball against the Red Sox yesterday. So, you know, he just very deserving of the Yankee of the Week since, you know, over his last two games, he had 11-130 innings of two-run baseball against two of the best teams in the American League. Yeah, that'll play. 
obviously we talked about that disastrous start in Philly and how that was kind of like a jump start for him since that outing where he, he didn't even make it out of the first inning and he only got one out and allowed four runs. Tyon's pitched on six games, 34 and two thirds innings to the tune of a 2.86 ERA and uh, only allowed six home runs in those six games. And half of those home runs came in that in his one lone bad outing during this stretch, which was against the Angels, where he still pitched into the sixth inning. After that Philly start, his, his next start was against Oakland, where he went four and two-thirds of an inning. But since then, he's pitched at least five innings in each of his starts since then. So it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good turnaround for him. And overall, since that Philly start, his season ERA has come down from a 5.74 to a 4.60. And uh, this game against the Red Sox was actually his 100th career game. So, you know, kudos. Kudos to Tyone. And not everyone gets that far, so very cool. Yeah. But, yeah, the only thing that I can quibble with with Tyone right now is that he still can't really get through, like, the third time through the order with much success. But at this point, the Yankees will take someone who can really pitch well over the first two times through the order, and hopefully the bullpen can take it from there. And if Tyone wants to stretch out a little bit more, then he is more than welcome. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and he's, he had a good start against, I think it was uh, Seattle when he went seven innings. He did. Yeah, so like against a little some a little bit weaker offense, I think uh, Aaron Boone might trust to push him a little bit more, yeah. Like, uh, but maybe he was playing it a little safe with like a Houston and a, and a Boston. So I kind of get that too. Like, hey, you're going to take what you could get as, as long as it's a strong outing. But, you know, before we weren't even getting five or six innings out of him, so it was like, oh, crap, he went four. Yay, that's a, that's like a long outing for Tyone. So I think that's still positive overall. Exactly. Now, he's been here. You're right. He has been doing a lot better lately. And as, as we said earlier in the podcast, it's time when the Yankees could really use some stability there. So kudos yeah. to him. All right. Yeah. Who's your Yankee of the week? My Yankee of the week is going to be a surprising pick, but uh, we're going to go with Rugnet Odor. So. I really thought you were going to go with Brett Gardner there. <laughs> no, no. I almost, I almost went with Glaber because the homers in back-to-back games, and he did look good at the end of the Astros series too. But we'll see if maybe Glaber can build something bigger up in this uh, this upcoming week. But I'll go with Rugi for this one just because he is a figure in Yankee fandom that is much maligned. And I will not pretend that I have not slandered Rugi a lot too. But, you know, credit where credit's due. He's been hitting pretty well in the past week. He did well in the Boston series. Something that no one talks about, he's been a very good defender on defense. He has a outs above average that is in the 96th percentile among all second baseman so that's really doing some good work at the position with void out long term it seems like we'll see a lot more dj at first base so that means a lot more rodor at second base so it'd be nice to have that there too because dj is pretty good at second but not quite to that level so and if Odor wants to hit at the 104 WRC plus level, which is where he is right now, that's a league average hitter. And that's very valuable at this point, considering where the Yankees are. I don't know if this is just a hot streak and he'll quickly go back to what he was doing earlier in the season, which is a lot of strikeouts and not much else. But hey, we'll ride the wave as long as we can. So Rugi 2021, we believe, I guess. Yeah. And since you brought up Odor, a fun little Shout out to Erica Block, who wrote about Rugnet Odor and his fascination with mound visits. Every single time there's a mound visit for the Yankees, Rugnet Odor seems to be involved. So that's a fun little thing. Yeah. But no, I think uh, Odor is obviously a good pick. And, you know, we've both quibbled with the fact of how much playing time he's gotten and had, like, you know, we've made a joke about his zero his zero dollar CBT hit and how that's why Cashman's not going to let him go. But he hasn't been all bad and he's definitely had a, a solid week. So it's good for him. 
Good work, Ricky. And I'm glad that uh, Glaber was also your backup because he was definitely my uh, second choice for Yankee of the Week. Because even, like you mentioned, like, uh, you know, the back-to-back home runs look decent against the Astros. And I think I think since the beginning of July, overall, he's at a 130 WRC+, plus, which is hopefully a sign of things to come. So he's had a little bit more of a power stroke recently. <laughs> Yeah, please. Is, we need is, the Yankees are going to come back in the second half. They need Glaber Torres to at least be league average hitter because the Glaber yeah. Torres we saw in the first half is not going to cut it. No, that was that was hard to watch. Especially, well, again, we're going to dump a bucket of cold water on this Yankee of the Week stuff by bringing it back to the beginning of the podcast. But Aaron Judge, Luke Voigt, and Joe Urshela are all out of the lineup, so you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Who's your Mitre of the Week? So my Mitre of the Week was originally going to be just COVID, but. I feel like COVID's more worthy of like a Mitre of the year or the century. Yeah. But since, you know, it kind of came back with the vengeance. Because, you know, the Yankees had their earlier battle with COVID where like six or seven of the coaches plus Glaber Torres were out and, uh, and on the on the COVID IL. But this time it was like, all right, we're taking Judge and, and Gio and yeah. uh, Nestor and uh, Lois. And I was like, bro, like black sky. But instead of COVID, my uh, Mitre of the week is um, going to be that guy at Yankee Stadium who threw the ball back and hit Alex Verdugo. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know Brendan Cuddy and, uh, came out with the report, like how he got emails about how that guy was not intentionally trying to hit uh, Verdugo. And part of me at least wants to believe that. But the way I look at it is you're an adult. If you want the ball, just keep it. Who cares if uh, people are screaming at you? And if you're not going to keep it, then go find the kid that Verdugo was trying to throw it to. And uh, obviously didn't make it to that child who's like, there was like a, a young Red Sox fan near where that ball was thrown. And then if you are going to throw it back, don't just like throw wildly and you know, have it hit somebody. Actually aim and make sure you're not hitting a human being because otherwise you're just a dinkus. And if it was intentional, then you're just an asshole. So yeah, you're, you're my Mitre of the Week. Yeah, it's idiot at best, asshole at worst. So yeah, yeah I... <laughs> whatever I, do, I don't have a lot of yeah. <laughs> and and like just not to kind of go on to it but like obviously he's been that person's been banned from not just yankee stadium but all mlb stadiums from attending a game because of that which like if he wasn't trying to hit verdugo maybe it's a little harsh but at the same time like i don't really feel sympathy for you yeah just don't throw balls back on the field it's it's really yeah. okay <laughs> even if it's like the opposing team hit a home run go find a young fan of that opposing team give it to them be a nice person yeah it's so easy to make a kid's day like that so just just yeah. do that <laughs> all right well my mutual of the week i will go with uh luke voigt's body because it makes me <laughs> very sad <laughs> i yeah, was really looking forward me. to seeing what luke voigt could do in a full season after his 22 homer explosion to lead the league last year i know it was two months but still doing that over two months and it wasn't really particularly close so that would have been really nice to just have a reliable slug and first baseman back in the lineup. And instead he sort of succumbed to Greg bird itis. So yeah. Yeah. Like all of Greg bird's injuries over three years, Luke Boyd just got this year. Yeah. And it's been the, the knee thing <laughs> over and over because he had the knee surgery in spring training came back. Then he had the, I think it was a hamstring or no, no, I guess it was an oblique strain actually that kept him out for a little while. And now it's right. uh bone bruise in that same knee. So that's uh, some sucky fortune that Voight has come into. And it's uh, it's just bummer because he's, he's fun to watch when he's as hot as anyone. I, I've run the numbers and Luke Voigt's body currently has a negative 100 WRC plus. Yeah. Just letting you know. I think that's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hopefully his body will allow him to come back 
Yeah, it's a little scary when you hear Aaron Boone be like, yeah, he's out indefinitely. So it's like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's also like the part that like, he just doesn't want to give a timeline because like, even if he comes back, he doesn't know if he's going to stay back. Yeah, like, and you, you want at this point, you want to just make sure he comes back fully healthy. And maybe if that means the season's lost for him, then they will have to make do and find another first baseman. So... Hey, I hear there's a perfectly nice Anthony Rizzo just in Chicago. I mean, what if the Yankees just got like six new starters? Well, I mean, that sort of happened. <laughs> <laughs> On the trademark, I man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if like everyone besides like Judge and Gary and like DJ was just new? <laughs> I feel like that sort of happened in like 2013 when like. Alfonso right. Soriano showed up and then like uh, Curtis hey, Granderson came Overbay? back. Yeah. What's Lyle Overbay up to these days? I think we need his bat. Don't you worry, Lyle. Man, this yeah, this season's such a weird hybrid of like 2013 and 2014, where it's just like a lot of underachieving, but also just a lot of weird injury things too. Yeah. It's because but the thing is like it's it's 2013, 2014, 2013 especially was just like kind of comical and how bad like who was playing and like the injuries and whatever 2014 it was like annoying because like they spent money and then it was just like on what and i feel like this year is just like you said like a weird combination of the two but then still somehow even just because like there's also been a lot of like the non-injuries and just players just being bad yeah like most of glaber's season unfortunately falls in that category brett garner i mean obviously there were lower expectations on him but still (laughs) He was a lot better last year and the previous year than this year. The only thing I'll say about Brett Gardner is that they did actually try to not make him play as much this year, at least seemingly going into the season. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we will pause there, reconvene next week. Maybe the Yankees will have done more against like the, the Phillies. And I think they played the Rays next. Is that right? I believe so, but I'm not 100% sure. I know they have the, the, the two games set to finish off the season series versus Philadelphia upcoming. Yeah. they Okay, so actually they play two games against the Phillies, and they play four against the Red Sox this weekend. Oh, good. And that'll be up in Fenway, so we're not done with these guys yet. Nope. Well, hey, with Greg mm. Allen and Ryan Lamar, what do we have to fear? Uh, I'll answer that next week. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably the correct answer. All right. <laughs> If you want, you can follow us uh, on Twitter at Pinstripe Alley. You can follow me on Twitter at Mearns PSA. Where can we mail our letters and find you at home this week? <laughs> Somewhere near Morristown, New Jersey. Just put that on the envelope. <laughs> just put Good. that on the envelope. I'm sure it'll make its way to me. It's just hashtag Twitter Shaw. Somewhere near Morristown, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Watch the mail- the postal service will somehow get to see you, and you'll be like, "Oh God, what have I done?" <laughs> You know what? At that point, I wouldn't even be mad. I'd be like, all right, you know what? Good for you guys. You did it. Yeah, fine. I'll, I'll send you a postcard. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll do it for us this week. Talk to you guys later. Maybe the Yankees B squad can win some more games. It'd be nice. Woo. Bye-bye.